Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Like, say I want to see what you're doing and who you're hanging with, and you're not posting about it on your story. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You do that? No, I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends, and then use that money to buy something at a store with Apple Pay. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Maybe. Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts season two of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today I'm really excited because we're going to be talking about dinosaurs a little bit. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Um, and paleontology. Uh, because, as I mentioned, um, it is the it's 1993... So it'd be the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park, uh, which I loved as a kid. Which is funny because you went on the Daily Zeitgeist and talked about it. Yes. Because <laughs> it's one of the host's favorite movies as well. But he gets real serious. Yeah. <laughs> so what we discovered. I really like the movie, too. I still have the story about the fact that, yes, I played first chair trombone yeah. to this in the band. Mm-hmm. And I had an amazing solo. Nice. Ooh. Yes. I we yes. played it in band two. I did not have an amazing solo though. So sorry. One up. You one up me on that one. That's all right. The trombone. It gets it. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. I mean, in, in, if you listen, like between, like it's yeah. all the horns. You played the horns though, right? You what did you play? Uh, clarinet mainly, but I did I did play some oh, horns, no. but mostly that's, clarinet. Yeah. Okay, that's reef. So yeah, yeah essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful song. Oh, beautiful score. It's yeah. very memorable. And I think everyone it played it. I think every yes. band played <laughs> this song. So. I think so. So I did love that movie. I, it was one of the first memories I have of getting in trouble is that I snuck in to see it. That night I had a nightmare that a raptor came and killed me. You said four? How did four you get to the theater by yourself? It was walkable. So walkable. Did you distance. run away? <laughs> no. So many questions. What? It was a. This is you know. No, I just walked Where down the street. Did you go to the theater by yourself? Nobody. Well, that was the issue. <laughs> so this you is why away. I got in trouble, Samantha. 
Okay. You snuck away. I snuck away. Wow. And I had to fess up when I was so scared and like, what did you dream about? Who let you into this movie? I'm so, how did you have money? There are so many questions. Now. Oh, I had, I was a saver, even very young. I was a saver. Like, uh, when you told me you were snuck into a movie, I assumed you were like eight or nine. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. But that was also when movie tickets cost like two, three bucks. Uh, I guess so. I mean, I was a teenager <laughs> in this point. Like, Jurassic Park was new. That's when we played the music. Mm-hmm. So when you were saying you played it in the band, I just, which I shouldn't no. have because I am significantly older than you. <laughs> but in my head, that was the math. And then you said that. And I was like, wait, what? My, wow. the band conductor, he had a son who was younger than me. And he loved, like, like we played Phantom Menace soundtrack when it came out because it, his son loved it. Like, I think it was a lot of John Williams stuff that his son really, okay. really liked. Okay. But yeah, no, I got in big trouble because uh, I was too scared to lie about it, <laughs> to lie about the raptor coming to kill me. <laughs> so it's been like, it's on the TV. No, I, don't, I wasn't that good of a liar yet. <laughs> Were was, you ever, though? Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't quite mastered that one. Oh, um, scary, scary dinosaurs. Yeah, it's, it scared me, but I loved it. Like, I I loved it. And it's funny because I've watched it so much, even as a young, young kid. I remember, like, it's interesting, the different parts that scared me. Like, the parts that scared me then are, like, the least scary of the scary parts to me now. Um, and we actually, we talked about that on Movie Crush, where uh, Chuck was saying, he's seeing that with his daughter, too, of, like, what you're afraid of changes as you get older. Right. I'm afraid yeah. of the ride. <laughs> Today. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, it's a like good it. ride. <laughs> I still don't like it. That Tyrannosaurus Rex that comes out. Yes, right before you drop. Petrified. When I didn't mm-hmm. know that was going to happen, because I mm-hmm. have this thing with like giant things mm-hmm. leaping at me that's too yep. close to me. Not mm-hmm. a fan. Yeah. I feel Not like every friend I've taken on that ride has been mad at me afterwards. Um, You didn't take me on that ride. Someone else took me on that ride first. And because I was in California my senior (laughs) year, I didn't know that I was afraid of that until I came around like rides Mm -hmm. like that. That I was like, oh, no, I'm scared of these things. In my mind, they're going to come to life and kill me and take (laughs) me out. But like, yeah. And that's the first time I discovered the popping out of the uh, waterfall. I was like, what the? And then like losing my mind. I'm like never doing this again. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And then I came along and nope. Um, and I did it, as, but I'm like, I'm now aware and I yeah. do not sit in the front. I will not uh-huh. sit in the back and I will not sit to the sides <laughs> if I can help it. That sounds like there's no seats left. If the, the, Just like the, the middle seat, of the middle? Do I to, yeah, do I sit in the middle? Like, like when people, I'm like, you, I'm not touching the sides. Hell no. Something's going to grab me. You know, that's fair enough. You Nightmares. know what works for you? Got it. <laughs> Um, there's so a new... I would be real bad around dinosaurs in real life. <laughs> I would never survive. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. No. Um, <laughs> there is a new ride at Universal, the Velocicoaster. I'm very excited to ride it. But it does not seem like your thing. Um, as long as things don't jump at me or go around in circles. There's raptors that, like, come out. Oh, do they? Okay, so absolutely not. Uh, but I, I'll report back after I rate it. Okay. Because I think okay. it's it goes it's a fast roller coaster. So I think it's okay. like Well if it's fast, I think I'd be concentrating on the fact that I'm gonna die <laughs> that way. <laughs> fun. It's so fun, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Um but my 
family loved Jurassic Park too. And my older brother, like he he had the Jurassic Park sheets, he had the toys, and sometimes I got to play with them, including like the like egg, the Velociraptor egg and the T-Rex that made the sound when he moved it. So I really loved it. And I loved uh, Ellie Sattler. Um, I did not know. I did not know she was so young when they filmed that. But I loved her. She was the one of the first costumes I went to at Jack and Con. I was as her. Uh, and she does have some interesting... I, re- I remember being young and she's got that whole line like, women inherit the earth. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, so she was a big... I, I meant to do it before we came here and now I don't have time because it's a mess. But I have with my Jurassic Park... I collected Jurassic Park cards and I had a whole like section... That was just her. Um, and it has like a really cute, maybe I'll take a picture and post it on social. It has a really cute illustration on it about how much I love Jurassic Park. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, so I was a very, a very big fan. I read the books. Um, the books are very different. And I, I, I mm-hmm. saw an argument recently. One of the reasons this has been on my mind, I'm not sure if I ever would have realized this was the anniversary at all, but so many outlets are posting about it. I was getting a lot of updates about it. One of the arguments people are having is in the book, John Hammond is a villain. Uh, he's like clearly a villain. Gets killed uh, by the Compusauruses. And they, they were making the argument that it should have been that way instead of like, he made him very likable in the movie, even though kind of what he did was pretty... Not good. Not good. <laughs> very rich. For, I'm not gonna lie. It's kind of along the lines of like going to try to the Titanic. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> the rich people like you have too much money. Maybe you want to reconsider this. <laughs> right. Right. And then it's, it is kind of hilarious and kind of frustrating. But a lot of the articles that I was reading was like, this should not have been a franchise. Because then, like everyone, you're like, you did this again? <laughs> After oh, and you did it again? <laughs> and then you did it three more times? What is happening? And you did it with a kid? What? <laughs> there is a really great. After I, Jurassic World came out, there's a really great dry article from um, a park planner. And he was just pointing out all of the like things that were wrong. And it's done in like good humor. It's not done in, but I, I really enjoyed it. So I wonder if it's still around. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Can I rant for a sec? Please. 
Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Uh, you can see our previous Women in Science episodes. We just uh, reran Women in Archaeology, uh, Women in Space, uh, NASA, uh, which congrats to Sally Ride, 40 years since going to space um, and was mentioned in The Last of Us, which I loved. <laughs> Women in Shark Science, which we've also mentioned recently. A lot of the themes are very frustratingly similar about like what is going on right now in, in the world of the sciences for women. We're going to talk about that at the end. But we're going to start um, with a woman named Mary Anning. So we're just going to do kind of showcase her because she made a lot of strides, a lot of firsts in paleontology that we know of, because as we know, first can be complicated in what gets reported, which we are going to talk about, and then look at what's going on at large today. So Mary Anning was a fossil hunter pioneer at a time when the field of sciences was outright hostile to women. She was kept out of conferences. Her discoveries were published under the name of men often, there are books and movies about her, including the 2020 fictionalized lesbian romance, Ammonite, which I had not heard of. So, briefly, she was born along what is called the Jurassic Coast of southwestern England, uh, so named because there are fossils still being discovered there. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site now. In 1799, her family was Protestant. Uh, they were religious dissenters who separated from the Church of England. They were very poor. Her father made cabinets, but also collected fossils. Um, of her nine or ten siblings, only she and her older brother made it into adulthood. And there is a legend that during a storm while she was an infant, a friend of the family retreated with her two children under a tree, or two children under a tree, and a lightning strike killed everyone but Mary, which is quite a story. <laughs> I feel like this is like... Like going along the lines of the witch <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> yes, I it know does we're feel talking that way. about scientists, but this little story part, like it what? does. No, I felt that too, Samantha. You are not alone. <laughs> okay, we've watched too many movies. Yeah. Um, so by five or six, she was helping her father gather fossils, which was incredibly, incredibly rare for a girl at this time. He taught her how to search for fossils on the beach, how to clean them, and they would display them and sometimes sell them in his shop. 
It was the norm for girls in her area not to receive any formal education, but she knew how to read and taught herself about geology and anatomy. Her father died suddenly in 1810, and Mary's older brother Joseph took over the shop while her mother encouraged Mary to sell her finds to help them make money. Yeah, and the popular theory is that he died, he had tuberculosis, and he fell Mm -hmm. off the cliffs while they were collecting fossils. So yeah, it is pretty this dark. This is all very sad, but I'm like, this is really dark it's, English, like, historically. Yes, it is. It, it is. And it's not going to get too much better. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, uh, the area she lived in, Lyme Regis, was packed with Ammonites and Bellumnites. And when locals were being guided towards vacationing locally during the Napoleonic Wars, many people flocked to this area and this beach and collecting fossils sort of became posh. Like it was something you'd come back from, like a souvenir from this trip. Like, oh, look what I found. Um, hmm. So it kind of grew in popularity. Yeah. Uh, Joseph happened to discover a fossil of an odd-looking skull in 1812. Mary, then 12 years old, went about uncovering the whole thing, revealing a skeleton 5.2 meters in length, about 15 feet. It took her months, and the whole town knew about it, speculating she found the remains of a monster. Scientists thought it was a crocodile, which, yes, it's a monster. <laughs> oh, true. Crocodiles terrify me, no joke. <laughs> yes. um, for quick context here, like very quick, uh, most people at the time believed that unrecognizable fossils like this were those of creatures that migrated from somewhere far away. Um, the father of paleontology, um, Georges Cuvier, had only recently put forth the idea of extinction. Um, Darwin's origin of the species was almost five decades off. So basically, no one knew what the heck it was or what was going on here, but they were like, probably from somewhere far away. Um, for years, scientists debated the origins of the fossil, eventually calling it ichthyosaurus, or fish lizard, um, though it was neither fish nor lizard. Nowadays, we know this creature was living 201 to 194 million years ago. Wow. Yeah. So in the 1820s, a friend of the family and fossil collector named Lieutenant Colonel Thomas Birch auctioned off his fossil collections to raise money for the family, explaining they shouldn't live in poverty when they, quote, found almost all the fine things which have been submitted to scientific investigation, and he donated the proceeds to them. This was not the last of Mary's controversial discoveries either. In 1823, she was the first to discover the whole skeleton of a plesiosaurus, It was so unlike anything people had ever seen that rumors that it was fake spread like wildfire. Cuvier himself stepped in, alleging that it could not be real. It was this whole thing. Um, There was a special meeting called at the Geological Society of London where they debated back and forth. Eventually, Cuvier backtracked and admitted he was wrong and said that it was, quote, the most amazing creature ever discovered. Mary was not invited to defend her, herself, though, at any of this. Further, the scientific community at large was wary of her and avoidant of recognizing her work in spite of her growing reputation for finding fossils. On many occasions, male scientists would buy the fossils she discovered and cleaned, and even identified sometimes, and take credit for the discovery without mentioning her at all, um, even when writing about it, including her ichthyosaur find, the Geological Society wouldn't let her in, and in fact, it didn't allow any women in their ranks until 1904. Mary found a fossil of a creature with wings in 1828, a pterodactyl. 
Once again, word traveled quickly about her find. Around this time, she also was a trailblazer in the study of coprolites, or fossilized poop. She did, she has a lot of firsts. We're not going to go over all of them, but she has a, quite a few. <laughs> um, and she'd make these detailed drawings and descriptions of her findings too, not just the poop, all of them. Eventually, she made enough money to buy a house with a storefront to sell fossils and spent a lot of her time fossil hunting, even in dangerous conditions. Um, for instance, a rock fall almost killed her and did kill her dog in 1833. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. So here's a quote from the time printed in the Bristol Mirror. This persevering female has for years gone daily in search of fossil remains of importance at every tide for many miles under the hanging cliffs at Lyme, whose fallen masses are her immediate object, as they alone contain these valuable relics of a former world, which must be snatched at the moment of their fall, at the continual risk of being crushed by the half-suspended fragments that they leave behind, or be left to be destroyed by the returning tide. To her exertion, we owe nearly all the fine specimens of ichthyosauri of the great collections. She did have a reputation. People called her the geological lioness. And the paleontology princess. <laughs> yeah, I like the lioness better. I do too. <laughs> uh, throughout all of this, she continued to sell fossils, helping grow the public interest in fossils to the point museums were struggling to meet demand. Her discoveries inspired her friend geologist Henri de la Beche to paint Duria Antiquier, a more ancient Dorset, which he sold to raise money for Mary, who was still struggling financially. And this painting, if you look it up, pretty intense, number one, but it was also the start of kind of like this this sort of um, painting of fossils or artistic uh, displays of, of fossils. But yeah, he sold it to raise money for Mary, who is still struggling financially. Yes, it was the first pictorial art based on fossil evidence, and they were all her discoveries that he was depicting. Her discoveries also inspired the 1840 novel The Great Sea Dragons by Thomas Hawkins, who was a geologist. Um, still, many did not believe that a woman and especially a lower-class woman, could possibly possess the skills to make these discoveries. So here's an 1824 letter from the Lady Harriet Sylvester about Mary, quote, The extraordinary thing in this young woman is that she has made herself so thoroughly acquainted with the science that the moment she finds any bones, she knows to what tribe they belong. She fixes the bones on a frame with cement and then makes drawings and has them engraved. It is certainly a wonderful instance of divine favor that this poor, ignorant girl should be so blessed, for by reading and application, she has arrived at that degree of knowledge as to be in the habit of writing and talking with professors and other clever men on the subject, and they all acknowledge that she understands more of the science than anyone else in this kingdom. How nice and really kind of condescending. insulting. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially because like that divine hands bit is yeah. kind of implying like God granted her this gift and it's not hers. And she was a, really, a religious woman, but through this work, she did not, she did not believe in the Bible's timeline of like when earth was created and all of that. And that got her in some hot water with mm. some folks. Uh, but yeah, when I was reading this, I was kind of like, huh. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Interesting. But as as this lady was saying, they weren't just buying her fossils, uh, which she had to sell to make ends meet. And taking the credit, they traveled to learn from her too. Um, here's a letter from a friend of hers. According to her account, these men of learning have sucked her brains and made a great deal by publishing works of which she furnished the contents while she derived none of the advantages. 
And then here's another quote from National Geographic. An intimate French anatomist unjustly accused her of fraud. The world has used me so unkindly, she wrote a friend. I fear it has made me suspicious of all mankind. Gideon Mantell, a physician and fossil hunter himself, who visited her, quote, dirty little shop in 1832, churlishly called her a prim, pedantic, vinegar-looking, thin female. Right? Vinegar-looking. Is that that sour face? <laughs> yeah. I guess she just wasn't smiling enough for him. So here's a quote from 1837 from a German explorer. We had the pleasure of making the acquaintance of the princess of paleontology, Miss Anning. She is a strong, energetic spinster of about 28 years of age, tanned and masculine in expression. She was 38, so she must look good. I died laughing when I read that. Energetic spinster of 28. I do think that maybe the word was used here as more being single, but in our like modern day connotation, I feel like it has a much more like older. Also, but you are a spinster if you're not married by the age of 17, 16, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But from my like modern understanding when I read that, I laughed so. Right. Oh, no. And then was the mad. entire line of like masculine and then tan, yes. of course, that's also an insult. We know mm-hmm. all these things during yeah. this point in time. Mm-hmm. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit tomboyx.com. Anning died at the age of 47 of breast cancer in 1847. She never married or had children. De La Bash broke the society's uh, members only rule to read her eulogy at a meeting. 
Quote, I cannot close this notice of our losses by death without adverting to that of one who, though not placed among even the easier classes of society, but one who had to earn her daily bread by her labor, yet contributed by her talents and untiring researches in no small degree to our knowledge. Um, and yeah, many of her discoveries are now on display at the Natural uh, History Museum of London. She has a children's book. Uh, she has a couple documentaries, I think, about her and a couple books. And um, so she's she's got some some recognition now. But when I was thinking about it, when I was reading about it, in a lot of ways, we haven't come that far. <laughs> um, and we're still having this fight about credit in museums now, especially when it comes to people of color. That is still ongoing. And centuries later, yeah, many struggle to name five famous women scientists, uh, which is actually a, a statistic. I'm not just making that up. Uh, that is a, <laughs> it's a thing from a Smithsonian article, quote, women today make up nearly half of student members in organizations like the Society of Vertebrate Paleontology, but Ohio University paleontologist Catherine Early notes, less than one quarter of professional members, people with staff jobs like curator or professor, are women. The reasons range from subtle discrimination to direct sexual harassment, but they are all interrelated. From the classroom to the field, women are still trying to dig out from the attitude that paleontology is a boys' club. And the, the article went on with this quote, It's only in the past few years that the true extent of harassment in scientific field work has come to light. Some of the best data we have comes from the anthropologist Catherine Clancy and colleagues, who in 2014 reported that in a survey of 666 field scientists across disciplines, 64% said they had faced some form of sexual harassment in the field, and over 20% had been sexually assaulted. The pattern was clear. Victims were of lower professional rank than their harassers, many of whom felt that they were in no position to report their abusers. Women trainees were the primary targets of abuse, the researchers found, while their perpetrators were predominantly senior to them professionally within the research team. And many reported that they felt they got no justice after reporting and in fact have been punished, which is what we mm -hmm. talked about in um, our shark science episode. Right. Yes, women in shark science. And here's another quote from that article uh, about tropes. The public image of paleontologists as Indiana Jones-type characters doesn't help any. Through decades of science popularization, we're left with the image of a paleontologist as a scruffy white man in a cowboy hat. Paleontologists such as Jack Horner and Bob Backer have even served as the inspiration for characters in Jurassic Park movies, standing in as stereotypical paleos who represent the entire field in the minds of the public. Which is funny, because I always think of Ellie. But point is correct. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, documentaries on dinosaurs also have been called out for featuring zero women, zero people of color. We talked about that again in that Shark Science episode about Shark Week. So in light of that, there are some women-specific conferences. There are conferences for people of color specifically, LGBTQ plus conferences in this field, where it's more about finding camaraderie and community and working to build like organizations where they can get more people in this field. Um, and we can talk about these issues. So that's, that's good to see. It is unfortunate that this is where we are in 2023, <laughs> um, but it is good to see. And I would love if listeners, if you uh, have been to anything like this, if you have any thoughts on this, I know we have some people who work, it's not the same thing, but who work in um, museums or curating in one way or the other. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that would be cool. 
just just let us know. Uh, you can email us at stuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuff Podcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff I've Never Told You. We're also on YouTube. We have a Tee Public store. We have a book. You can pre-order it at stuffyoushouldreadbooks.com. You can also pre-order it at Audible. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine tingling shows on AE Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.